Happy Tuesday, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of The Daily Grind. I'm Colin Morgan, and you are listening to episode 375 of The Daily Grind, where today, myself and Debbie Arcangelis talk about how to build a location-independent business. There's a lot to this, everyone. Be sure, as always, to have a pen, piece of paper around, sit back, and really dive deep in today's interview with Debbie Arcangelis. Enjoy. Today's review of the day comes from Aaron Skoltzy. Colin asks some thought-provoking questions and has quality guests on the show. We'll definitely recommend to my friends. Thank you, Aaron. Again, if you want to be featured as one of these review of the days, all you have to do is drop a review on iTunes. It's that simple. Thank you so much for all the support. So here's the deal. If you have a business or starting a business, you're going to need a website. I used Wix to create my new site and it was super easy to use and looks so professionally done. This is honestly the first site that I've ever created by myself. In the past, I paid someone to build it for me and I just loved how Wix allowed me to customize it to exactly how I wanted it to look. If you're super creative, you can design it from scratch or if you're more like me, you can start with a template which gives you a base to build off of. And then from there, everything is automatically optimized to any device, desktop or mobile. Honestly, it's super simple to use and anything I didn't know how to do, there was support and videos to help me. To make it even better for you all, they have built-in SEO. So you don't need to be an expert in SEO to make sure your website gets noticed online and you don't have to pay someone else either. Now, of course, I'm not just gonna rave about this and not share it with you. So if you or someone you know wants to create an amazing website, all you have to do is go to wix.com forward slash podcast to get started for 10% off today. To make it even better, here at The Daily Grind, we're gonna be running a contest where one lucky listener will win a free one-year upgrade on Wix where they're gonna be able to access all the amazing add-ons and tools. If you wanna enter this contest, all you have to do is email me a link of your finished website before July 30th where my T and I, we're gonna select our favorite at the end of the month. Again, get started, go to wix.com forward slash podcast for 10% off. I promise you, you will not regret it. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of The Daily Grind. On today's episode, we sit down with Debbie Arcangelis. Debbie is a photographer and the host of The Offbeat Life, a podcast where she interviews individuals who are location-independent and nomadic entrepreneurs. She aims to encourage others to follow their true calling and to take a chance on themselves. Debbie has been featured in Refinery29, Forbes, and much more for her expertise in travel. Debbie, thank you so much for being here. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Colin. Absolutely. Debbie, did I miss anything on that intro? Anything you want to add to that to let the people know a little bit more of who you are? Uh, no, I'm. It's, it was pretty much on point. You, you did it well. <laughs> <laughs> So Debbie, how did this all start for you? How did you become a podcaster? How did you become a nomadic entrepreneur? Like, what's the story of this? What did you do before? Um, well, it was all kind of by accident in a way because I didn't really aim to be a podcaster or even do this type of lifestyle, but I was really interested in travel. So before I became a podcaster and photographer full-time, I was working in the educational sector. I actually was a therapist for children with autism. 
And I was doing it for about seven years and I was just really burnt out. And it was like clockwork. Every four months I would have panic attacks and something was just missing in my life that I was just extremely unhappy. And one day it was probably maybe a few days after my birthday. I just couldn't take it anymore. And I was fed up. So at that time, I actually was growing a following on Instagram because I used to travel a lot and I still do travel a lot. And people kept telling me I should start a blog, but I'm not a blogger. I didn't want to write what to see and do um, because I feel like there's enough bloggers out there that did that much better than I, I do. And a friend at the time kind of introduced me to the podcasting world and I started listening to them and I realized that it was the platform for me and that's really what I wanted to do and what I admired the most are the people who were able to live their lives the way they wanted to do it. And so that's how it all started. That's amazing. And why was it like, why did you choose podcasting? Why was that the medium for you? So I was actually a, um, a photographer before I did photojournalism for a few years. And one of the things that really stood out to me and what I really loved about doing that industry is the people that I was talking to and the stories that I was able to get from them behind uh, the scenes, like while I was talking to them, making them feel comfortable. I was getting all of these interesting stories and just life lessons that I was getting from them. So that's really what I missed about that industry. And I thought podcasting, it doesn't have to be visual, but you're really in tune with what people are talking about, what you're hearing. Um, and that's what made me decide to use this platform to really share other people's stories and to inspire, inspire others as well. Yeah, it's amazing. So walk us through a bit of the process. Obviously, you're going through a hard time in your life. You were having panic attacks. You wanted something different. You fell into this meeting of podcasting. You had expertise in travel and photography. How long did it take you to garner following and be able to generate the amount of money to be able to kind of do this full time? So it took a long time to even get like a few thousand followers on Instagram. And at that point, I didn't really think of it as a, as part of my business. And it was just starting to grow very slowly. So it took a few years to even get to like 10,000 followers. And um, once I started getting into the industry, I was becoming friends with people in the industry. They gave me tips on how to grow and also um, just learning more about it. So I mean, it definitely took a long time um, after that moment that I realized I really needed to do something. It took about two years for me to have enough savings to to really leave my job. Um, and then also, once I started creating income from podcasting and my website and also my social media, that's when I actually left. So the money that I have now for my business that goes into it is coming from my business. It's not coming from my own pocket or even the money that I earned in my job uh, beforehand. Yeah. So for people who are listening to this, who may be sort of um, foreign to the fact that, you know, how do you make money through your social media following and your podcast? What are some ways in which you, you have been able to do that? 
so I get asked this question a lot. Yeah. And so when when you look at your platforms, obviously you're just not looking at one or you shouldn't just look at your one um you shouldn't look at just one platform to create income from this because you have a lot of different ways you can create and monetize your your business. So I don't just sell my ads for my podcast. I also look at my website and also my social media and I create a combination with all of them and then um, just sell that as a package instead of just one off. And I think that's what a lot of people's mistakes are is they're trying to really, they don't diversify where they're creating income. Um, if you have a following and different types of platforms, you should definitely combine them because that's going to create more income for you. And when you mean combine them, you're just combining all of like all of your followers into one place. Is that what you're saying? So when you create and combine the package, so what, for example, if you are getting approached by a sponsor and they're trying to ask you how much um, you're worth or you're trying to approach a brand and you're trying to pitch yourself, you're not just pitching your podcast. Also tell them that you also have this audience that you have on your website and I you understand. also have this audience on your social media. So when you combine all three or four, however many platforms you have, it increases your value immensely than just your podcast or just your website or just your social media. Uh, yes, I, I completely agree with that. Cause I think people look at that sort of in the way in which you didn't describe it. They'll look at, you know, when someone approaches them to their podcast, they only look at their podcast following and to even go further with that. I don't know if you've had experience with this, Debbie, people always like to tell you that, you know, in, in order for you to get a sponsor or for, in order for you to start generating money with this, you need a minimum of 10,000 followers. Like I, I just find that so ridiculous when people say that. Yeah, absolutely. And it's really interesting, especially in the podcasting industry. So many people told me that it would be impossible for me to create income for my podcast yeah. because I wasn't getting, I don't have enough listeners. I don't have enough subscribers or whatever it is. And to tell you the truth, I knew I could make money from this because sponsors started coming up to me and they knew exactly how many people I had. But because I branded myself so well and because I niched myself so well in a specific type of industry, they knew that the audience that they wanted to reach was my audience. So you also have to know your value and I was looking at the the pricing that podcasts were doing and yep. it was like next to nothing. And I do not abide by those rules at all. Um, and it's worked for me and I have sponsors that, that pay me to do what I do. And you really just have to be smart and also know your, your value as a brand. A hundred percent. It's about, I think so many of us, focus on and people are starting a business or they focus so much on the next customer or the next listener. A lot of times we forget that, wow, there's actually people who have bought what I'm doing or there's people who are listening to my show and we forget to nurture those people because those are the ones that turn into your true fans. Yeah, absolutely. And it's really knowing who your audience is and giving them what they need and want and everything else is going to come. And it's really interesting because you don't really have to look for the sponsors. They'll just start coming to you 
because they know that you have this dedicated audience and you have your fans. Yeah. And I think I talked to Pat Flynn about this and he's writing a book called super fans and he has something where he's just like, all you need is a thousand super fans. Like all you need is a thousand people who are like the groupies who, if you're a musician who show up to all your concerts, if you can get a thousand super fans who pay you a hundred dollars a year, that's a six figure business. Yeah, absolutely. You don't need a million people to be following you. If you know, a million of those people don't want to buy anything that you have. Like you said, if you just have a thousand followers, but all of them will buy whatever it is that you're giving them because of the value that you're giving, then that's all you need. No doubt. So for people listening to this, obviously you having the chance to host the offbeat life and interview individuals who are location independent and nomadic entrepreneurs and a lot of people are listening and wanting that life. Like what would be your, based on all the interviews you've done, are there some commonalities between how these people were able to do this? Yeah. I mean, the main thing is just having the drive for it Mm -hmm. and be open to failure. Cause I think that's with everything in our life, you know, we live in a society right now where it's always instant gratification and we see everything online, on social media, on television, all the ads, you know, with people doing whatever, living their best life, but we don't see all the grind and the sweat and the tears. And I think there's a lot of people that go into this becoming digital nomad or nomadic entrepreneur, and they don't realize that even though you left your nine to five, you're going to be working, you know, six to 11 PM. It's, it's a lot of work. And I think the people that do it and do it well and continue to do it are the ones that really are able to, to take that, to take rejection, to take all of the failures and they just keep going. And I think that's, that's with anything, not just being a digital nomad. Yeah. How have you built that muscle? Because I think that that's one of the most important things is sort of resiliency and being able to sort of quiet the noise when it comes to peers and friend groups and things like that. How have you been able to to deal with all of that? Uh, first, uh, I failed a lot. I, I had about three to four businesses that I failed at before mm-hmm. <laughs> I actually succeeded. So you just keep going and going until you start you know, winning at something and it's always not going to be a win all the time. But when you're failing, it means that you're actually learning. And the more you fail, the more you learn. And the more you take that into your next venture or you keep going. And the next thing is surrounding yourself with people who are able to give you not just great advice, but also reality checks on certain things and surrounding yourself with people who have been there as well, or they're going through the same things as you and you can have someone to talk to because honestly it can be really lonely when no one around you understands what you're going through and you feel just really isolated so just failing a lot and also building a great community around you and just making really great connections with with people how did you build that community because i think this is a i love this conversation because so many people give that piece of advice. And so do I, like you need to surround yourself with great people and people know that, but people are kind of stuck, right? They're like, well, if I could be around that person, I would. How did you start to build that community yourself? Well, the great thing about podcasts 
that you do interviews with is you make connections like yes. this. So you and I right now are making a connection. Yes. And what I usually do is I go beyond this, right? I go beyond the interview with people, especially if I know we have something in common. What I do is I start talking to them offline. We make phone calls together. We meet in person. We collaborate. And that's the really biggest thing that I can give um, in terms of advice for somebody who wants to make these connections is just collaborate with people. Don't feel like if you go and collaborate with someone, they're going to steal your ideas. I think that's the worst thing that you could think about. Yeah. Um, even if they do, who cares? Like, it just just keep going now. You know that person is not the person you need to be surrounding yourself with. Um, but just reach out to them. Don't be afraid to reach out to anyone because at some point in everyone's life, they started with nothing and they know where you're coming from. So don't don't be afraid to do that, even though you think they're really big or they're out of your reach. Just a message um, never hurts and you never know what's going to come out of it. No doubt. So one of the things that I'm very passionate about Debbie is I think that where we get to is a direct reflection of the habits and the behaviors that we had and that we have, um, for you, what are some consistent things you do every day, which help you kind of stay focused, stay on task, get things done throughout the day and just sort of ensure that you take one step forward in your life? So I'm a really big believer of making a checklist every day because first it makes me do it and second because I have really bad memory. <laughs> so I have to write everything down. Um, so I make sure that I actually create a checklist for the whole week of what I need to do and then I divide them up into different days and then I make sure that I do them. And when I make that checklist and checking that list off, it makes me feel really good about myself. Yeah. And also not pressuring myself or feeling too bad if I don't finish it. It's just with me doing things every single day that'll get me closer to my goals. Really, that's, that's the most important thing to me. And I know that sounds like, oh, well, um, it's not enough. And oftentimes we feel like we need to constantly put tasks every day to to feel like we're doing something and actually that if you're only making a checklist just to do something it doesn't really get you to your goal so making sure that the the list that you have is really um, niche down to what is going to get you to your next step or your next goal how thoughtful are you in terms of being uh, putting that list together like how, mu how much time does it take you say at the beginning of, of every week to put that list together so because I already have a system going a lot of times my checklist is very similar every single day mm -hmm. um, sometimes there's things here and there that pop up like a new interview that needs to get done or I have a call with a client um, things here and there but pretty much like every single day is very similar and I also have assistants that do certain work for me um, and just making sure that those tasks are getting done so it's pretty much very similar so once you create a system for yourself it's not really going to be that hard to do it gotcha would you consider yourself busy um, I, you know what, like I used to feel like I needed to be, especially since
since I grew up and lived in New York most of my life. And I feel like every time I met with someone, they would always say, how are you? And I always say busy. <laughs> so true. Um, and, then, and then that made me feel really important, right? It makes you feel so important because, oh my gosh, you're so busy. And now I think I would call myself like relaxed. Like even the work that I'm doing, I don't do it in a way where I feel like I'm rushed. So I try to take things more slowly now. I think also because it's summertime and I'm in the heat in Florida, I don't <laughs> rush. <laughs> I love that. No, I mean, I love that yeah, answer. I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't think I'm, I'm busy. I think I'm relaxed and I'm doing um, what I need to do. <laughs> and I think that's sort of the conversation we need to start having because I think so many of us have that same feeling where if we're not doing anything, we feel like we're not accomplishing anything. We feel like we have to be busy. And if we're busy, that's how we know we're, t we're going forward. And I used to struggle with this too. It's like I put together lists and I'm like, I don't even need to do that, but I'm going to do it because or else I'm not going to be able to do anything. But like we worked so hard to get to this point. Like we quit yeah. our jobs. You, you, you start your own business so that you can have this time, like enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I've, I've talked to a lot of friends about this, and it's really interesting how you make yourself feel that way. Yeah. You make yourself feel like you're not doing enough. Meanwhile, you work so many hours, and if you're lucky enough to have other people get into the team with you who are doing a lot of the tedious tasks that you don't need to do, nap time in the middle of the day is not bad. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, there's nothing wrong with just doing nothing, you know, watching television. I know people say you shouldn't do that, but there's nothing wrong with that if that's going to make you relax. Um, go for a walk, exercise, do whatever. <laughs> it's so true. And I think we there's so many people out there and I, and I will be the first one to admit that I used to do this and you're not where you want to be. So you have these spurts, right? Like you have this this you're it's Tuesday afternoon and you know, you're sitting there and you're like, oh, I'm full of inspiration. You put, you know, six hours of work together, but then you don't follow it up the next few days. And what I've learned over time is, is it's the accumulation of like little things every single day, consistency, sticking with it. 30 minutes every day is better than 10 hours one day. What, what are your thoughts on that? No, absolutely. I, I definitely, totally agree with that mm -hmm. um i i try to do something one to two things that i know i need to do every day for my list and once those are done then i'm good yeah. if i work more than that then i pat myself on the back because i did extra if not i don't make myself feel guilty about it and i think it just come like goes down in a really bad downward spiral once you do that and you don't appreciate all of the tasks that got you where you are right now. Um, and I think we really have to remind ourselves that a lot is that um, we have to take that time to really enjoy the, the fruits of our labor as well. And if you can't enjoy it now, you won't enjoy it even when you have hundreds of millions of dollars or whatever you're doing. Like you have to really enjoy every moment that you're in. Yeah. I mean, we're never going to be this young and this, healthy hopefully um you know ever again like this is the time to do it mm -hmm. it's i don't believe in you know putting things off when i'm older like why can't we enjoy our life 
as we're living it day to day. And you don't need to be a millionaire to do that. You can enjoy it even even if where you are right now, and this is really what I learned throughout that whole panic attack um, is uh, through all those panic attacks that I had is I really forgot that I also had a lot of things in front of me that were really good. And I just didn't realize that because I was looking, you know, for the future of what I could have and what others have that I want. Um, and even now how bad it may seem, there's still something that it's really, that's really good in your life. I know it's really hard to see that when it's, you know, everything is kind of chaotic, but I think that's why it's always good to just take the time to really hear yourself and what's, what's really important in your life. That's, that's awesome advice. Debbie, if you had the chance to go back in time and not change anything, but maybe sit down with the, the 20 to 25 year old version of yourself and offer yourself a piece of advice or piece of guidance. I'm wondering for you what that would be. I guess for me, it's just really, I mean, I love connecting with people. Um, it's just to connect with as many people as I can and also learning as much as I can about the industry that I'm in um, because there's there's never enough um, that you can learn and also never enough people that you can learn from. And I think the most important thing about everything is just people and connections and that's really what I value the most. Um, and that's why I do what I do right now and what I you know strive to do in the future as well. I love it. Who are some go-to people that you turn to who you view as, as mentors yourself? Like what are some things that help you in the education process? Yeah. So the, the two people that, um, first that have really helped me so much and actually how I started creating income from this is, um, Jacob and Esther, they're, uh, travel bloggers. It's called, uh, localadventure.com. And they're one of the top travel bloggers in the world. So they really helped me realize that you can learn how to negotiate well with different brands. Um, and I took their e-course and it was probably the most life-changing thing that's happened to me in terms of where my business was at. Um, and within a few weeks of learning their e-course, I you know, had like ridiculous um, income streams coming in from that. So they definitely helped me a lot and yep. just their friendship. And then another person is Marissa Anwar. She's the, um, founder of Darling Escape. She's probably one of the smartest women I know when it comes to business. So she's definitely given me a lot of advice. Awesome. And for people out there, Debbie, who want to connect with you, learn more about what you're doing, um, check out your podcast. Where's the best place they can go? Yeah, you can all check me out at theoffbeatlife.com. You can find um, posts there about living the digital nomad lifestyle and anything and everything else um, from my podcast to all my social media. You can also find me at The Offbeat Life on Instagram. Awesome. Well, I'll share all those links to make it super simple to connect with Debbie on social media, visit her website, check out her podcast. She's doing some awesome things. Now, Debbie, the way we end the show here on The Daily Grind is we're going to give you the floor and you have the opportunity today to share with our audience the thought of the day. So one thing or one thought we can all go home with today. So the one thing or one thought, I guess 
it is, I mean, I, I've been thinking a lot about this, especially as I am a digital nomad and I do travel a lot, is that the one thing that I think a lot of people don't really understand about this lifestyle is how we miss out on so many things because we're on the road a lot. So <laughs> for example, if your nieces and nephews are growing older and you don't see them do that, or you miss somebody's birthday or even weddings because you're on the road and people think it's a glamorous life because you get to see all of these different places and faraway places. But then they also don't realize that you miss out on the things that you may value the most aside from just travel. So it it can get lonely (laughs) and it can definitely take a toll on relationships that you have. So yeah, that's, I guess that's a food for thought for people who want to get into this lifestyle and just think it's, it's all glamorous. <laughs> like every, like everything else, everyone always thinks whatever someone's doing is glamorous, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Look into it, everyone. And as you can see from this interview, success is driven by passion, hunger, and today doing things differently. Everyone has to overcome obstacles. Everyone has a story. Start building yours today. Today, we had the chance to speak with the amazing Debbie Archangelis. Debbie, thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule and coming on the show here with us today. Thank you so much, Colin, for having me. I really appreciate it. The pleasure is all ours. Everyone, be sure you hit that subscribe button if you enjoy the show. Drop us a comment. Show us some love. Also, share this out with your friends. Until next time, Colin Morgan signing off. And always remember to keep on grinding. Yeah.